Hi there, listener. I'm Marissa from Green TU Career, the committee dedicated to helping students of TU Delft get hyped about finding a career and sustainability. Welcome to the last episode already of Green Career Talks. My last guest is Joste Krieger from SuperU Studios. SuperUse is a circular architecture firm creating incredible structures with as much recycled materials as possible. We chatted about how SuperUse fits into Blue City, a Rotterdam-based example city for a circular future. What led to Jos joining SuperUse and some key tips he shared for young people looking for a career in sustainability. Well, that's enough chit-chat for me already. Let's jump right in. The first question is a bit of a, a general question. And it is, how does SuperUse, uh, SuperU Studios, fit into Blue City? And what excites you most about Blue City itself? Um, well, Blue City is, of course, a, a really big building that was built as a subtropical swimming paradise. And it's one of those uh, buildings that everybody in Rotterdam knows. It's an icon. And when we heard it was empty, we started harvesting materials for another project, Warm. And finally, it went up for auction and together with a group of um, well, like-minded entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs in the sustainability sector, we found an investor that bought the building at an auction and we were able to transform it to Blue City, uh, a transformation that's still going on because we see construction not as something that is happening once and then it's done and then you leave it alone, but as a continuous motion of mm. spaces that change, materials that are used and materials that are available again for reuse. And since uh, Blue City is built in that way and our office functions in that way, it's like a perfect match. And that is similar to the place where I am now, the Keuvel in Amsterdam, where also several like-minded circular businesses are together. Um, in this case, boats that are refurbished and put on land while we clean the park. So we search for places that um, where we have our office that fit with the way we work, where we can basically explain our work with the building or the site that we're in. So you say you created Blue City with other like-minded entrepreneurs? Yeah, so uh, I think that there are roughly 40 businesses in the building right now. Um, amongst them, Fruit Ladder, uh, Verdraaid Goed, Looped Goods, uh, iFund, who is funding like new, new entrepreneurs. You can look them up on the site and there's really a wide range, well, ranging from architects and designers like us, to pioneers uh, doing experiments on new, kind, new kinds of fabrics, new kinds of materials based on mushrooms or other seaweed. All these technologies are, yeah, we're developing there. And if you could describe Blue City in a sentence, uh, how, would you, how would you describe it as? Well, Blue City is a place where all these like-minded entrepreneurs come together. And the idea is that we connect, uh, we make an inventory of what they make how they work and we map all these flows and we try to connect them so if one company produces waste can it be a resource for someone else and this can also be uh, waste heat for example the brewery uh, inside blue city produces quite a lot of heat which is used by another company that uh, needs this heat waste heat in his process wow so it's almost like a prototype of a, of a city, I think. It's a, it's a prototype of a, work a together. blue economy city. And yeah. that's why yeah. it's called Blue City. Very interesting. 
Um, now the second question, uh, was there actually a defining moment in your life that led to you joining uh, or perhaps starting uh, Super U Studios? Uh, yeah, I think it's a quite uh, quite specific moment I can point because I was doing my uh, bachelor's, uh, bachelor six to be precise. Mm -hmm. And one of the founders of Super Use came to give a lecture um, about a shoe shop they made out of uh, reclaimed car windows and reclaimed wood. Um, and the shoe shop no longer exists, but the piece of furniture is still, um, you can still visit it at the Verbeke Foundation in Belgium. But he talked about the way super use back then 2012 architects was using materials and I thought, okay, I want to do an internship before I do my masters and I want to do it at their office because I can't, I can learn things that I can learn nowhere else. Uh, they were one of the only offices in the world that started pioneering waste materials to be applied in architecture. So I applied for an internship roughly 2005, 2006, and I had a few wishes that I wanted to fulfill during my internship, uh, things that I wanted to learn, which was building with my own hands and seeing a project from the concept stage to the finished stage. Mm. And um, building with my own hands, we made installation for a festival in Amsterdam, quite close to where I am right now. And the other project was a playground out of rotor blades uh, in Rotterdam. And we were able to finish the sketch design during my internship, but not the final design. So I stayed for one day a week during my graduation. Mm. And um, when we finally had everything ready, the funding was there. I stopped my graduation for three months, joined the office full time so we could finish the playground and I could see the whole process. And when the playground was finished, I finished my graduation in the in another three months and I joined the office full time. And since 2013, I'm one of the partners. And wow. basically, I, I've never worked somewhere else. <laughs> you were sort of sold. <laughs> yeah. Right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah well, it fits the way uh, I like to think about uh, architecture and materials. And the fun thing is that you put extra conditions on your abilities or ex extra restraints on what you can do because all the material that you find has a given shape, a given color, and um, all, yeah, all these requirements together make you extra, extra creative. You have to puzzle with the things that you have and come up with interesting configurations or compositions. And that's something that I really enjoy. So it's mm -hmm. a perfect fit. And you mentioned everything that you make is from uh, materials that already exist. And where do you actually source these materials from? You mentioned a playground being made with rotor blades. Where do you get those materials from? Um, well, in that specific case, uh, we didn't know where yet, but of course we have quite a big network and people that look at material the way we do. Mm -hmm. And when we were designing the playground, we looked at various options. We knew we wanted volumes and uh, we came on the track of these rotor blades that were taken down after uh, 10, 15 years because windmills uh, become bigger or blades get damaged. Uh, and in this case, we sourced them from a location in the east of the Netherlands where there were like 15 lying around uh, mm -hmm. after use. And we were able, well, th there normal future would be landfill or incineration. Mm. So we save them from incineration and put them in the playground instead, prolonging their life by, well, so far already 12 years, but probably 20 to 25. And maybe we can recycle them afterwards, or maybe it can become something else again. Because mm. since then we've made several things. And 
Well, the main source for materials for us is a tool that we developed called Harvest Map. Uh, so we um, collect all this information on a map and uh, currently we've sold that to New Horizon, an urban mining company. Um, so they are more in charge of finding the materials and offering them to architects, contractors, etc. cetera. Uh, but this will give a really wide range of buildings that are, that are demolished, um, streams from industrial processes that, for example, uh, steel sheets, parts are cut out to make cars or other steel equipment. And then you have waste iron left, which is actually quite beautiful because it's just a steel sheet with holes with mm -hmm. a very industrial uh, raw feel that you can powder coat or you can uh, leave it as it is and it will become a bit rusty. And yeah, it's great to have these sort of yeah industrial sources for new architectural materials. Oh. And um, the last question is a bit more general. Yeah, do you have three main tips that you would give to anyone that's looking for a career in sustainability? Yeah, well, the first one, uh, I'm also going to reuse something and that's just do it. Mm -hmm. So if you think, if you're interested in that field, just go for it. Find a place where you can, uh, where they are either already working in that way or where you can uh, change something because you have that intrinsic motivation to say, I want to make the world a better place. Uh, I want myself and my kids and their kids a place to grow up in. Um, so everything I do, I'm going to ask these questions and say, okay, what if we change to parts uh, in this design to waste materials or to renewable materials? Or do we need this product? Can't we design something else that transforms the question into a solution? Mm so um in general i would say and probably that is for everyone that studied at the university is you understand how basic principles of design or uh, the study that you do work and if you use common sense you can judge if it's sustainable or not and when you're designing something and it's shipped all over the world 20 times before it becomes to a final stage in the netherlands then it's probably not sustainable uh, then we can find a better way to make the thing that we need or the problem that we need to solve in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And for some really specific things, uh, that will be really hard. But I'm confident that if you use common sense, that you can judge whether it's feasible and sustainable or not. And of course, it's good to have the skills or uh, surround you with the people that are able to calculate and verify. But use common sense. Yeah. So we have just do it and use common sense yeah i would say that's the main yeah. at least for me if i if i don't understand why it works like that then maybe it's not the right way to do it mm. it's almost about i guess yeah looking from a different perspective i think not just thinking how can i use this but more what is a way that i can uh, use it that sort of um that utilizes the properties that it already has right rather yeah. than making something completely from scratch yeah, and if it's uh, specifically in our work, uh, working with materials that somebody else throws away, uh, we sometimes say that you have to listen to the material. So you have to understand what it is, what it can do and what it can become and not try to force it into something that it's not. So in a lot of cases, things are forced in a way to become something that they inherently are not. And of course, we have the tools to do this. We can do it, but it's not common sense. 
Well, thank you so much for uh, speaking to me today. And I think I definitely have learned a lot about all the possibilities of, of reusing materials. And I think uh, a lot of the students also have. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, glad to do it. And uh, I hope I can inspire some people to go on a more sustainable path that they, than they would have done otherwise. Well, here we are again already. Thank you so much to Jos for speaking with me today. And as for you listeners, I hope you all got as inspired as I was. Well, on behalf of Green Tea Career, we would like to give a big final thank you to all of the incredible people who made time out of their busy lives saving the world to speak with us. We hope you were as motivated by this series as we were to dive a bit deeper into the world of sustainability. There are so many options, regardless of what you want to do, be it sailing, working with bacteria, or even building robots. You only have to look. Thank you all for listening. And even though I'm not sure when, see you soon. <laughs>